What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bold Barrio Podcast. Yo, today we have a very, very, very special episode, and we're going to go in. This is going to be part two of Women in Leadership, and so I just want to introduce our guest today, and uh, man, I don't even know how to start, but I'm just going to go ahead and introduce y'all, but today we have... Marcy Palos and Evi Chavarria. Chavarria. I got to yeah, say that well, right, man. I'm a little, Latino. Double R. Yeah, little sound. yeah, we're going to have to add some little clapping effects there. You know, a little. You guys want the, gu- the, the gunshots. Little gunshots, man. <laughs> you know, because it's going to be shots fired for sure. Yo, y'all got y'all to strap in because it's going to be a wild ride today. <laughs> but ladies. Thank you so much for joining us at the Bold Barrio. Um, man, we're so excited to have you. How, how, how are you ladies doing today? I'm good. I'm happy to see my sister on, on online. Hey, <laughs> it's like we haven't seen each other in a long time. <laughs> I know. I got my first vaccine, so I have one more and then I can go home and visit. Hey, let's go. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I'm Moderna. Moderna. Oh, mm. yeah. That's cool. So I have 28 more, or the middle of April, I get my next one. Can't okay. wait. Literally can't wait. Any side effects? Uh, <laughs> um, A little twitch or something? <laughs> no, I, the only thing was I got really tired the next day. Mm. But other than that, no. My pops got the Johnson & Johnson one. So he, like, what? it's the one shot. <laughs> Yo. He's probably gonna. He's probably. He's probably gonna hear me say this right now, but that man called off the next day. <laughs> that man called off. Of course he did. I love it. Uh, oh that one, man. Yo, but, yeah, but I'm excited to see you guys. It's um. It feels like home. It feels like I'm just you know getting to connect with fam. Yeah. So it's good to be on here for sure. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely family. We're all from, we all come from the same church. Um, you know, Marcy's now doing her thing in, in, in uh, NorCal, right? Up, yep. up in NorCal, uh, you know. Uh, and so, so yeah, um, I quickly just want to say, uh, just I, I, I want you ladies to kind of introduce yourselves and, and, and just say, say a little something about yourselves. But I Actually, let's do that first, and then I'll say what I have to say, because I do got to say something about these two ladies. But, um, yeah, uh, Marcy, can you uh, just kind of give us a, a quick introduction of yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm super, super honored to be here um, on this Bold Barrio um, podcast. This is dope. I love it. Um, my name is Marcy Palos. I'm a wife and mom. I'm also an ordained minister. Um, I'm currently in seminary, um, working on my MDiv. Um, I'm a business owner. Um, and then I'm also a local pastor at our university. So I got my hands. I wear a lot of different hats, Let's go. uh, but I I love all of it. So that's awesome. Abby. (laughs) Marcy, the way you put it, (laughs) I was about to just say I'm Abby Chavaria. Um, (laughs) Uh, no, well, hi everybody. For those who don't know me, um, I'm Ebi Chavarria, and yeah, I know these guys, and um, obviously, this is my sister Marcy, and yes, I am a, a married woman, I'm a mother, 
Um, and also I am planning to go back to school in the fall to get my MFT, my license in therapy. Come on. Um, so yeah. And I'm brown and proud. Hey, let's go. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So for those of you, uh, who don't know Marcy and Abby, Marcy and Abby, uh, you know, like they said, they, they've been, they've been in leadership for quite a while. Um, you know, uh, I haven't had as much time as I wish to, to be around Marcy and her husband, uh, Jose. Um, but I've been around them enough to be, to have been influenced and impacted by, by, by them and, and who they are. Um, you know, even the people that I've like been able to serve around, you know, they've been influenced by Marcy and Jose to the point where, you know, that is influencing and impacting me, you know? So, um, you know, and I got a lot of love and a lot of admiration, uh, for them. Uh, but with Abby, Abby's like, Abby's like my big sister, man. Like she's like, I'm literally going to go, I'm literally going over tomorrow morning and hanging out with, with, with Ben and Abby. And, um, just I just really real quick, Ebby, I just want to I just want to like let people know, um, you know, Ebby has been I was just thinking about this today as I was like kind of getting ready, kind of thinking like, all right, what am I going to say? But and I was thinking about it. Yo, Ben and Ebby uh, and Ben is Ebby's husband. Ben and Ebby have literally been in my life from the moment that like that I feel like like things changed in my life. Like I, I feel like th it was the moment where I, I became a man type of thing. And I started, you know, uh, kind of being more intentional about my future and where I was going. And Ben and Ebby had a lot to do with that, man, a lot to do with that. Um, and to this day, they've been, they've been through it with me. They've been, they've, you know, helped me through, uh, everything that I've gone through, um, been there for my sister. And so, Abby's Abby's probably not gonna say this, but you know she she's she's got a pastoral heart. She's got uh she's man she she, she huh <laughs> that makes me cringe that word, <laughs> but it's true. It's but it's true. true. The way the way the way Abby cares for people is 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 like none other, man. Like and so she's taking care of us, man. Like the last time I cele the last time I celebrated my birthday was at Abby's house because she what? you know. Put things together <laughs> back in 2019, yeah, I you know, so, um, so it wasn't, cheap. yeah, yeah, it was a good little birthday celebration. So, yeah. So, uh, Abby, I just want to honor you because, you know, um, I do mention that it, you know, both Ben and Abby have had an impact, but you know, that's not to take away from Abby's impact herself, uh, you know, uh, as a, as, as the woman that she is, you know, her leadership, um, you know, her, her care and her attention, uh, for me, for my sister and, and for others, you know? Um, so I, I, I want to honor you for that, Ebby. And, and thank you just Great. in the pod, you know? Um, I didn't pay him for that. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't, she didn't. Um, let's get to it, man. I got, I got so, uh, man, we got so many questions, guys. Like, let's just, let's just start by, by kind of giving you like, um, giving you guys an idea of where we were. So last week we kind of spoke on this. We started the conversation and we kind of focused more on the biblical aspect on, on, you know, we, we dove into like 
one of the scriptures, one of the passages, one of the verses that, you know, uh, many Christians use to say women should not be allowed in, you know, in leadership. And, and everybody has a different interpretation of what that means and to what level and to what scale and this and that, right? Um, and so, you know, it's still like, it's still a topic that is debated, that is talked about, that is, you know, that certain leaders are struggling with. And I know this because I've, you know, like I've been watching, I watched a video earlier this year, like, you know, that had just released this year about, you know, with, with Christian leaders kind of struggling and wrestling with that. So this is the reality that we live in. And so let me just start off by asking you ladies, how does that make you feel as women who are in leadership as women, like who both of you are ordained pastors. Both of you have been pastoring people, leading people. How does that make you feel? The fact that this is a debate. I feel like that's a loaded, loaded question. <laughs> Coming in hot from the, from the beginning. I feel like that's, <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a question that would, there's never going to be a, like a right or wrong answer. I think it's going mm. to be like one, one of those questions that people are like, who was born first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Mm. There's, it's always going to be up for debate. It's a, yeah. it's a joke, but it's the truth. Yeah. And I feel like, um, <laughs> it's that conversation along with a lot of other conversations are just the gray part in our face, right? Mm. It's the gray part of Jesus is not physically here right now where I can, he's on hopping on zoom and telling us like, what's the right, right answer. Right. Um, a lot of it is up for interpretation and, um, and I think if you were to ask me five or 10 years ago, I think I would have been like this young zealous, like I'm coming after them. Like they're <laughs> tripping, blah, blah, blah. I think now at this point I'm in a space of, I'm, my job isn't to convince everyone. Like mm. I know what I'm called to do and I know um, what God's called me to do. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm staying in my lane. I'm going to have the conversations with the people that, I have in my space. And if they're not in my space, then I'm, I'm not going to go there. I just don't have it in me to um, go around in places that I'm, I'm not going to fight those people. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. I feel the same way too. Um, I feel like now if I hear about that, like in, we're in 2021, it doesn't phase me anymore. Mm. Um, I think like, yeah, the same thing with my sister. Like if it was like 10 years ago, I would be like, you know, who, you know, send me his link and I'm going to DM him or, you know, or email him. But now it just, it doesn't phase me. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> the gospel. <laughs> I, don't I don't care. I mean, I could hear about it. And like, if I really have the time and the energy, I'll be like, why? I wonder why he thinks like that, you know, because mm. I don't want everyone to think like me, you know, um, you know, I just think we just got to respect each other. But if, when I hear stuff like that or I because, yeah, me too. I went online and, you know, um, try to, you know, dust off some biblical verses <laughs> about women in leadership. But like you could just tell there were some articles that were written less than two years ago that were talking about why women shouldn't. And I was just like, it, to me, it's like, anyways, it doesn't phase me. Mm. No more. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm right there with you, Ebs. Like, it's just, it's not, I'm not going to die on that hill. 
I'm just not. There's yeah. other there. I'm, I rather use that time and energy on people and other spaces that value that have a value for it. Mm. Yeah, because just imagine if if we go around online, YouTube, Google, all this stuff, and we go around to see what every single person thinks about it and stuff like that, it's going to be like an, a never-ending process. Yeah. You know? So to me, it's just like, all right, cool, bro. You have that opinion, then I respect that. Like, you know, but I'm standing on my convictions and what I believe in, and that's what I'm going to roll with, you know? So that's it doesn't, doesn't And going back to like what you mentioned, you know, that one scripture that you... <laughs> that you guys went into whatever, you know, I, I think it starts there, right. It starts with people taking the Bible. Like it's an encyclopedia where Mm. it's like, what does the Bible say about women? Let's go find that one verse, right? There's that one verse is what it says. Yeah. When in reality, scripture is to be taken as a whole and what is it? And which I know we'll get into, but it really is about the entirety of of the word of God, not just yeah. that one encyclopedia verse that just happens to be what you're looking for. It just, it doesn't work that way. I, so I wouldn't even call it encyclopedia. I would call it like baking instructions. Like, you know, you, you know how you read baking yeah. instructions and it's just like two eggs, one stick of butter and they run with it. And it's That's like, yo, there's so much more yeah. inside yeah. that recipe that like, you know, if you, you're going to either bake something good or you're mm. just going to like, fry it and you know just because you read something out of context so i look at it like no that's so good yeah it's so good because i like right now that you that you lady said that like i was thinking about one of the things i think and i feel like it's a misconception and, and jeff you could probably uh tap into this real quick um that like i remember growing up and hearing yo the bible's like a a manual like a life manual you know, where like I get I get the why it's it, it could be expressed that way. But I feel like let me tell you how I read a manual. I, I'll just go through it and find what I need to find. Like, you know, kind of like what you just said, like, yo, what is what is you know, what does the manual say about this? Right. OK, this is all right. That's all I need to know right now. I'll come back later for, for whatever else I need. But this is what I need right now. And you're so right. You you miss so much of the Bible, you miss, you know, we talked about this last week, the the women that were apostles, that were deacons, that were big time leaders, the women that, the women that were the first ones to share the news of, of the resurrection of Jesus, which is the reason for Christianity. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you, you I mean, it comes up so many times, Larry, like, Right. You know, I think about, I think about like, what do, what do our generation do? Google. Or Alexa, right? Alexa, what is what does the Bible say about women? <laughs> yeah. Of course that verse is gonna come out. Cause Alexa don't give a crap. Like she's yeah. just gonna give you what the first thing comes up. But that's yeah. just not, even a believer. That's not the truth. <laughs> she's not it's even just, a believer. That just <laughs> it's just it doesn't work that way. You know I what I'm saying? Her, like, Alexa, not, who what is God? And she's like, What God? And I was like, you know what? I'm oh, done. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, which are you talking about? <laughs> out of of a thousand no i didn't ask her that but no you know what's crazy larry you talk about manuals sometimes we don't even read the manuals we just look for the pictures yeah yeah (laughs) you know and we just based on like that's why i'm so against people that cherry pick the bible to their convenience that's a whole different Mm -hmm. subject that i just like i mean it's kind of related to me yeah 
it doesn't phase me no more because I'm like, you probably cherry pick or if you want to have like a deep discussion, then let's go at it in a yeah. respectful way. But if you're going to be cherry picking, that's not a fair fight. That's good. And I think like Marcy, you're right. I think it's interconnected because I think what this shows is that it's what I call biblical illiteracy. Like there's people who 100%. don't know how to read. There's people mm-hmm. who don't know how to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, and, and, I think, and, and for me, like, like, it's crazy to me, not crazy in a bad way, but it's, it's, it's crazy to hear that. Like, it's awesome to hear that you're not dedicating your life to trying to convince other people. Like, yeah, this is better things to do. Um, but for example, like, and, and I, and I think as, as a man, I have the responsibility, not only as a man, but as somebody who read, who, whose goal is to read scripture well and read it faithfully. It's mm-hmm. my responsibility to, teach people especially the people that i pastor that there's a right way to read scripture not i'm not here to teach the whole world like like you said i'm not here to convince everybody but if you're in my church and god has entrusted me to lead you i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to model to you and and show you how to read scripture well and that that's good and that means like you said reading the scripture as a whole from genesis to revelation not just going and building a whole doctrine or theology of yeah one little like word you know and that's what and happens that's, right that's what happens you know we have entire seminaries yeah. you know going back to me going back to school you know i i had that was something that has been in my heart like okay i think it's time for me to go back to seminary i'm like all right lord how, what does that look like and the first thing i did was what are the schools that i'm not going to are the mm. ones that have a theology that women don't belong in leadership hmm. because there are those institutions that are like you belong in the nursery right which there's nothing yeah. wrong with the nursery but i'm not called to the nursery or right. kids ministry exactly and so um yeah i mean we'll get into that but you know if you if if you go i feel like a big part of this too is um it, it starts in genesis you know mm-hmm. when when god the the word adam the word Adam actually means human. Come and on. So when 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 God talks about when when Scripture talks about Genesis and He's talking about creating Adam, what He's really talking about is creating human. And so when the Word is talking about God is going to create someone that's going to help Adam, He's really talking about a, a suitable helper. Yeah. It doesn't mean a, like it just. Yeah. It it ain't and, an and assistant. The truth is, is that no. It's not right. It's not because, and, 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 you know, if you think about even like the character of God, which is my favorite part about him, the character of God, isn't just masculine. Come on. The character of God comes in two spaces, which is the masculinity of it and the feminine part of Mm. him, because that's what makes him whole. He's, we just, because our society works in men and female, we just automatically made him into our picture, into a man. But mm. he, he's not, he doesn't have a sex. He's not a man or a woman. Yeah. He really does have both traits, right? He has the masculinity part and he also has the feminine part, which is, that's why the Bible talks about like, you, you know, the de- desire of Jesus is to marry his, his bride, Right. Mm. Because it, it creates one. And it, it, I mean, I love talking about this stuff. This is That's like so my good. heart, which by the way, guys, Hey, <laughs> come on. What up, Palos? <laughs> hey, Palos, you're up next, bro. 
They say you're up next. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go. We're here for you. And you know what? Let's go. Barrio, what? Bold barrio, bro. Bold barrio. Bold. Alright, I'm I'm busy. I'm working. I love you. <laughs> Marcy, like you you say something really interesting, and because like you look at you look at the worship of some of our churches, and the way we refer to God is always as Father, which is not mm. wrong. Um, scripture mm-hmm. refers to God as Father, but you read the Psalms and you even read some of the Gospels, like, and there's this reference to God as Mother, or or mm-hmm. that God, or or where where God is described as a hen, right? Um, who mm-hmm. who who is looking to care for her her uh, her little chicks, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's almost like this fear of talking about God that way. Um, wow. And mm-hmm. we don't see it in our liturgy. We don't see it in our worship. When 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 we pray, we don't we don't talk about God as 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 mother. And and so I just I find I find what, what you say really interesting. Um, I did mm-hmm. want to uh, I did want to say something. And you mentioned um, how a lot of times when we'll talk about Adam, we'll talk about Adam as a man. Um, and this is something that I have a problem with because. You'll, you'll, you'll go to, you'll hear certain preachers and they'll say, they'll describe that word help. And they'll say the, the woman was created to be Adam's help. Ayuda idonia. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I had, sorry, Which, real quick. I don't even know what the second part means. I don't even know what. I haven't heard that uh, word. Ideal. I think it's ideal, right? Yo, real, real quick. Check this out. I kid you not. So. I, during during high school, I had there was a time where I went to a small church in, with my parents in Pasadena, the most the most legalistic church you could think of. All right, the pastor would constantly say this: "Tienes que buscarte una ayuda idónea, <laughs> no una demonia." Oh my god! <laughs> he would always say that now for for ya non non Spanish speaking people. <laughs> This is what it, this is what that means. He would say, uh, you know, you have to look for an ideal helper, not a demon, and it rhymes in Spanish, so it's a, sounds a little clever. He was he was being a little clever. Props to you for being a little clever. You was way off, but but yeah, sorry. Are you sure you're not saying ayuda ayuda idonia? Ayuda y la doña. See, that would be more right because she's la doña, you know? La doña has power. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But what I was getting at was like, you'll hear these pastors describe Eve as the ideal help or helper. And then they'll say things like, and that's the word that is used for God. And and then, so the woman has to be to the man what God is to the man. Um, But my problem with that interpretation is that it still relegates the woman in, it still relegates Eve as simply a helper. Right. Um, and I see the effects of that mm-hmm. in, in ministry where, where there'll be people, not just women, but men, there'll be people who they think their sole calling is to get married. Like that's all they look forward to. Like, I just want to get married. And I just want to find my ideal helper. I just want to find somebody to to walk with me in ministry and do this. And which is the truth is probably sex, right? That's yeah, really yeah. like the main reason why they want to. Yeah, and it's and the facts. truth. And my problem mm-hmm. with that is that 
um, it it doesn't give that kind of interpretation doesn't give Eve this independence that she should have this independence in a way from or maybe not in independence but interdependence where it's it's yeah. not it's it's not like I need my sole purpose is to just help you um, like the woman the Eve has her own calling as well a, a calling shared with Adam I mean it's not hierarchical in a way where Adam does it first and then Eve comes to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it's this this commission, right? Where it's this mm-hmm. partnering. And I don't like a, a lot of times they'll use the Adam and Eve image as a way to describe marriage, but I don't really see it that way. I see mm-hmm. it more as it could be used that way. I don't think it's wrong, but I see it more as humanity, all of humanity yeah. co-laboring yeah. together. Yeah, it's more than just the marriage. It's exactly. bigger than that. It's it's men and women from different places co-laboring together. Not yeah. not, not because um, I need a helper or you need a helper, but it's because what this is what we're called to. Mm-hmm. to, to and to be honest with you, just when it comes to science, humanity would end if women weren't around. Yeah. That's just yep. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the truth. If if we weren't around, you guys would be. That's it. Yeah. Right. There would just I, be. Like, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> La doña. We need La Doña, you know. <laughs> you know, I did a little bit of homework when we were talking, and I, I, um, I was reading that the the Hebrew word for helper is is ezer konegdo. Sorry, I have a Latino accent, but that actually translates into helper, or um, it. I'm sorry, it translates it translates into a strength equal to. And that word, that Hebrew word is used more than 20 times in the Old Testament. Mm. So the same word that is used for a strength equal to, to, um, to describe Eve is also used 20 times in the Old Testament for other areas. And so hey, it, you know it, what? Go Marcy. I cut you off. I was just going to say what, what it, what it's telling me is that you know, the people who are translating the Bible, they're doing their best, but they're not getting all of it. Mm. There's so much more. There's so many more layers that yeah. what God is really saying is, man, we're a strength equal to you guys. Yep. No, but you know what? Let's, I think this is how it goes from my experience with over years. They crucify Eve because of the mistake that she made, which I know it's major and all that stuff. Yeah. But think about it. If it was the other way around, they'll probably be treating Eve like, oh my gosh, you know, but because she did the mistake in the beginning, like, you know, they, they drag her, you know what I mean? And she was there for just to help them and to have kids and yada, yada, yada. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's unfair for her to get dragged because of her mistake. You know what I mean? And, well, and people run with it, you know? It goes back to the culture, Abby. Why don't? Why does nobody talk about Abraham's sin? Why yeah. does nobody talk about Moses' sin? Yeah. These are all heroes, right? <laughs> or These are David. all heroes in their Bible. David, he David killed the rapist. He killed the rapist, the murderer. He killed Uriah. Like yeah. nobody talks about those stories because they only talk about the hero part. Right. They don't really talk about like yo, like they they were screwed up too like yep. you know but it's i hate yeah. that man and i i would even go as far as like kind of blaming adam because at the end of the day you're the one that directly received the word from god so it's like you know 
the whole communication side within within that. So I think it's just too like you 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 don't have enough information there to say you're gonna blame Eve. Like but a lot of people do that. A lot that's of true. Yeah, everybody does that. If anything, like ninety the church. What, you know, I remember like we used to hear stuff like you know el dolor de los bebés, like us having parto. babies. Mm. El parto. We're both moms. We know what that is, right? So you know, it it was because of Eve's sin. Like it's, <laughs> but that is the culture. That yeah. is the culture, right? That or the whole Jezebel culture of like. Cuidado con las Jezabeles, <laughs> right? Like the, with the Jezabel. Oh, yep. They never yeah. warn you about the guy. They always right. warn you about the girl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nobody says cuidado con el espíritu de David, right? Hmm. Rape, murder, all these things. Shh, come on. They're singing songs about him. Hmm? You said what? I said we should start saying that. For real? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> all right, let me... So... I, I want to get into some to to the the experience that that you ladies like grew up in, you know, because you're in this place right now, but this wasn't always uh, something that 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 was there for you that you knew maybe or that you had accepted or that you understood or that you were even taught maybe growing up. What 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 was the the upbringing and and just to to give people some context, um, your your father is is uh one of uh, for me he's 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 one of the top Hispanic pastors and just one of the top pastors in 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 general man like he's you know pioneer. he's a pioneer he's 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 you know he has. The biggest church, I believe, the biggest Hispanic church in the city of Los Angeles um, has opened up and launched a lot of churches. Um, and just overall, just an amazing, amazing leader, an amazing pastor. And I would say, I would even go as far as saying this, a very courageous pastor for the for the changes that he uh, that he brought on to within his church despite you know the opposition you know uh so i i want i want i want you ladies to to kind of just uh you know just kind of share like what was that like and and just just go ahead and take over you know and just share share that well let me go first i'm gonna send you my therapist list or my <laughs> therapist receipt no just man kidding. <laughs> uh, like for me like you know i believe you know like god um you know, he, he does everything with a purpose and stuff. There's a reason I believe strongly that I was the firstborn, you know, it came Abby with had it the hardest, you guys. Yeah. It, came with this, hardest. it came with the, it came with the package, but I believe that there was, and there is still, cause I'm still walking through that, mm. um, a purpose behind me being the firstborn and my sister being second, because we were only a year and a year and nine months apart. So we kind of had similar circumstances, but it, mine was a little bit different. Yeah. But I feel like in our home, correct me if I'm wrong, Marcy, like in our home, it was never communicated that I could remember, but my memory is horrible. It's like Dory. Like I forget so many things, but um, 
it was never communicated like, oh, girls can't do this. Girls can't do that. That I remember, you know, mm. correct me if I'm wrong, Marcy. But, but, which there's a big, big, but <laughs> it was communicated in the culture of the church. Like this invisible language. So yeah. it wasn't this. It was just my life. The life that we lived communicated thousands of words you know what i mean so mm. like what marcy said in the beginning we didn't see women on stage we didn't see we didn't see none of that we didn't we, nothing zero i'm trying to tell you zero and we this was before women. joyce meyer this was before oh, all yeah. of these there was this nobody is, this is not yeah. like we grew up seeing men in suits on stage the women were in the kitchen or taking care of the kids or taking care of like, you know, the, their own kids, you know? So the highest role you can have was a diaconisa and then you made it mm-hmm. right. No, like, no, which that's like a usher, like, right? Like, yeah. a, like a women usher. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Evie, but that's a problem. No, you okay. see, like in a lot of churches, like where you'll never see a woman as a senior pastor ever, no. ever. Like they're, like, if you look at, um, I, I'm weird like this, but sometimes I'll go to different church pages and I'll look at their staff because I mm-hmm. want to see, like, what what does their staff look like? Um, we and, on to y'all. And, <laughs> you know, call you out. and then there are a lot of churches where the highest role is uh, uh, children's ministry. And that's it. Um, and it and it sounds nice because, oh, you're given the title of uh, of the director of the children's ministry. But in a way, there's a sense in which what is being communicated is like, this is where you like you're mm-hmm. equipped to be. Like, this is how far you're going to go here. Yeah. Um, and what Abby said is true. You know, our denomination, if you guys are aware, it's called Elim. Um, and so Elim in Central America is Elim. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Elim, Elim in, the, in English. In Elim in Espanol and Elim in English. Um, the denomination started um, in a very uneducated part of Latin America. Come on. And so the gospel, the teachings, the uh, training, <laughs> the training that they received was that was yeah. whatever. I remember asking my dad one time, I'm like, dad, why, why was our culture like that? And his, his response to me was because the missionaries that came to evangelize to Central America were extreme. They were white, Quaker type Christians. And so that was we the told gospel. Y'all. Come on. <laughs> that was the gospel, gospel, right? Gospel, because that has nothing to do with Jesus and the cross and none of that. But that was the gospel, the way church should be done. And so nobody asked. Yeah, it was just oh well. This is this is the way. So this and is what we're gonna do. Do it this way, and yep. um, yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, like I feel like I, I I could see that, but at the same time, like you look at the different Latino Latina cultures, and this is something that's ingrained. Like yeah, yeah. Like and so you add that you add so you. But you see, but I feel I feel like that comes that comes from the church, though. I feel like you can't I feel I find it hard to separate it because it goes back all the way back to the uh, colonizing 
the the colonization where you get this culture coming in this culture that had that brought this from that biblical perspective and then you get all this time you see that you know the catholic church where you know which is what we're talking about you probably didn't hear them saying women can't do this and do that so explicitly but it was implied within the organization structure within the structures in in society i feel like i feel like that machismo comes from the bible i feel like because the bible tells you you're the man you're the head you're this you're that you know and and the way people take it is that way you know and, and so i and you have to remember so. too larry that okay so there's it's it's not black or white i think if mm-hmm. i've learned anything in my walk with the lord things are almost never black and white yeah so you have to think about all all the things that brought that were brought in one were these Quaker type missionaries, right? That came Mm. into Latin America. Two is culturally, and that's just because we're Latinos, culturally, we have a very machista um, culture. It's just, that's the way it is. And then next, I would say, um, when when Spain conquered um, North, North and South and Central America, what did they bring? They brought the they brought Catholicism and in Catholicism, there are no women priests. There are only males who are priests. And no, I mean, Jose just corrected me. He's like, (laughs) Spain didn't conquer the United States, but they did (laughs) conquer um, parts of California, central and South America. That's why we speak Spanish. Right. And so um, when you bring these different elements together, you'll start noticing little things that you see in the Catholic church. You'll see them in Latino churches. Yep. Why? Because culturally, a lot of us are culturally Catholic and then we became culturally Christian. Mm. And so we have brought in a lot of the traditions of, you know, why, why do we have this, like, like this? I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. Like I know um, my dad is a godly man, but sometimes people have him like almost like a priest. And it's like, he's not a priest. Like he's a man of God. He loves God, but he, yeah. he, he's a guy, you know, yeah. but we have this like type of culture that we were all ingrained by generations because whether our family, you know, we're half Guatemalan, half Central American, my husband's Mexican, like most of us come from this culture that have been generationally Catholic. And so when we all got saved, when our families got saved, it was the mix of the two cultures plus adding on on top of that, that machismo. And so we're slowly, slowly um, like detangling ourselves from what we were fed. Because why? What's happening now? Now we're getting educated and we're learning and we're asking questions. And so we're slowly detangling what we were fed and told as uneducated people. And now we have the tools to be like, "Mm, that doesn't sound right. Mm, What really happened there? Asking the right questions as to I'm not doing that because that actually doesn't connect to the God I know. Mm. The God I know isn't going to treat women differently than men, right? Because we we know God's character. You know, the God I know isn't going to, um, you know, make someone bigger than Jesus. Or, you know, the God I know is is about, um, like, his character is good. It's not condemning all the time. And Mm. so a lot of it, a lot of our um our ability to know god now is the unlearning of so much that we were fed into 
because I remember growing up, I never read the Bible. First of all, it was in Spanish. I didn't know what the heck it was saying. <laughs> you know, and then on top yeah. of that, they gave us La Reina Valera. I oh, feel yeah. like the King James in Spanish. Like, <laughs> we had no clue what it was. And we saying. went up no to clue. Precious Moments Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had Precious Moments Bibles from the from the Christian bookstore. Oh and so you have to remember, we had no clue what any of this means, but yep. what happens when you become educated <clears throat> and you start reading scripture for yourself Come and on. you start reading it in a version that you actually understand, you start asking questions like, wait a minute, yep. you told me I'm supposed to do this, this and that. That, is, yep. that doesn't say none of that here. Mm-hmm. And maybe culturally, like women don't ask questions to men, you know what I mean? Be- to me, I was more like with my dad, I was like, why? Um, because yeah. I was like, but why? You know, why can't I wear pants? Why can't I do this? Why can't I? I was just so like, why? Yeah, everyone. If I'm going to do something, you got to tell me why I'm going to do it. Mm. You know, and, and we would bump heads like, you know, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and I remember I would say like, you know, you're being strict with me and I know you're not going to be strict with my siblings, yada, yada, yada. But I didn't want to do stuff. I, I got to the point in my at a certain age, I wasn't going to do anything because they're telling me because I said so. I mean, it's different if I'm living in his house. But more like mm-hmm. biblical stuff, I was more like, why? Why can mm-hmm. I do this? Why can I do that? And I feel like a lot of women don't, maybe they're scared of their husbands. Maybe they're mm-hmm. scared of the pastor. Maybe, I feel like you could still do that, but with respect, you know? Yeah. And one and of that the, was, I can, oh, go ahead, Andy. Yeah, sorry. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest issues I see is the fact that being educated and asking questions goes, is like a, it's like a betrayal of the tradition. Like, oh, like how dare you like yeah. stand up to the tradition? And then their questions are like, well, like why, why is it that women can't have positions like this? And their answer is because it's always been like that. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the biggest issues, not even in, in like talking like within the church, but in the Latin culture, like generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, it's been engraved that it's tradition, it's culture mm-hmm. for women to be like, put down for women to not hold position of power um and that education that now is accessible to women is what changed what changed everything because back then like in the bible like you put yourself in the bible traditionally historically women didn't have that access so it's the priesthood exactly and like and if you put yourself in that and you're just drawing just single text from that historical um, book, then you're going to bring that history with it. So like you're bringing that, even the bad part in it where you're like holding ourselves to, to that verse and that verse only. And then you erase like everything that happened in the Bible when it's and growing up in it. Um, so like so close to the way um, you two did, you guys are like, we just had got to see it firsthand and you guys got to see it evolve into this, like... Sorry, okay, oh, we it. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. I, I would say another thing that I would add, Andy, is two things. One, um, a huge revolution happened when Bibles were available to people and they weren't just available to priests, right? So that was the first thing because people are now reading their own things, right? And then the second thing that I would add would be Part of the reason why these leaders or certain people or even men in our culture um, 
like have this like well it's always been that way or that type of attitude Mm -hmm. honestly it's rooted in fear because that's where the control comes from yeah it comes control comes from fear why because when you're afraid you're afraid people when people have knowledge knowledge gives them power right and so if they if they are, um, if they're empowered, what are they going to do? Are they going to start asking me questions? Are they going to be afraid of what, are they going to ask about why we did all the, all the things that we did? And that is one thing I would say about my dad was, I think because he grew up with a, with strong women in his life, his mom and his grandma, he never, from what I remember as a kid, outside of the church world, he made me feel like I can do anything I want. Mm. He never made me feel like, um, mija, tú vas a ser una esposa solamente y tener hijos. Like, no. Like, he, I felt like he was like, I mean, like, he encouraged us to play basketball. He encouraged us to, like, go after, you know, you're going to college, mija, yeah. you're going to university. You know, I, I almost felt like they gave us that permission of feeling like, you, if you want, like, you don't need a man. Like, it's awesome that you're going to get married and we want you to get married, but you also will have your own, like, professional life. And that is one thing I can give, like, my dad was, like, he did empower us in that. When it came to the church, no, and I understand why. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, excusing him at all, but I know that was the upbringing and the denomination yeah. rules that that's all he knew. He was under that. But what happened? He, he was under that leadership. So what happens when you raise up two very vocal and strong teenage mm-hmm. women, me and Abby, right? And so first of all, Abby was like the outspoken I'm going to say how it is. And then for me, I was, why? I was like, why do we have to do that? Why, why, why do I have to like, I don't think Jesus really cares whether or not I have earrings on or pants or, you know, whether I, why? And I remember he, do you remember Eddie? He would like stop and be like, bueno, I stay no sé. Like he did it. He did it. He had no idea. He, had just, he was like, "Wait, mi, cuart- mi lugar yeah. secreto. Ahorita regreso." <laughs> <laughs> My poor yeah. dad. We were. It's because think about it. We were throwing yeah. him so many curveballs uh, out yeah. of our innocence. We were yeah. throwing him curveballs. Mm-hmm. Like why? And in him, he's not gonna lie to us. You know, he wasn't gonna. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a man. Of, you know, that was known to. He was just yeah. like, oh shoot, like give me a second. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and. And I feel like, yeah, that's why, you know, we grew up playing basketball. We grew up playing soccer, you know, all, you know, high school and all that stuff. But I wonder if he understood what he was ingraining in us was going to flourish to be these women that are going to be like, oh, you messed up now because now we're about to bring it, especially in the ministry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, my bad. Jeff, you're going you're going to go into some like. What both of you bring up, uh, it just makes me think about the women's uh, suffrage movement and voting rights and how that was like 100 years ago, um, um, a little longer than the civil rights movement. But even then, and and what I want to say is there there seems to be this connection between the church and society. A lot of times we'll separate it. We'll separate it. We'll say things like we need to separate it. They don't connect. And I feel like, uh, um, like your curiosity, like you're growing up in a culture where 
everything's questioned. Like in, in our in our culture, we, we live in this culture of suspicion where we question we're questioning everything. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like that formed you, you know, and, and so you're questioning everything. Um and in a way that questioning that that is in a way coming from the culture is a result of of what the church has done for a long time, which is use scripture to uh, oppress people to keep yeah. people like Marcy. You said something about control and power. It's to keep people from getting their hands mm-hmm. on power. Like um, mm-hmm. again, like uh, uh, a lot of our conversations have to do with that about empowering yeah. people and 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 giving people <clears throat> the power, right? To 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 do um, what God has called them to do. And some of our conversations have been about how um, the early. Uh, the founding fathers used scripture to not only them, but the people who helped them use scripture to justify slavery. Right. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't yeah. they knew the truth. They knew the truth, but they would still use it in a way they would manipulate yeah. it in a way where mm-hmm. they would keep people from, yep. from having mm-hmm. power. And I think it's the same thing with, with women. They manipulated scripture in such a way where it's like, mm-hmm. you don't want to share the power with anyone. We're gonna yeah. keep it to ourselves, and mm-hmm. and and that's it. And and I feel like the the, the women's suffrage movement changed that a little bit um, because there's still this sense in and in, in some spaces where it feels like um, not only people of color but women don't have that power, right? And and this leads me to they my, still don't a lot of them. And, yeah. and this leads me to my next question because both of you are very involved in education, like. You have your 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 bachelors and you're both like I know Abby you're already in a master's program and you're currently in your MDiv which is awesome like that's 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 awesome like what has your experience been like being a Latina? To thank you Jeff for asking that question because I was thinking about it but I'm that's a great question. What has your experience been like being a Latina, especially like in Christian universities? Oh my God. Can I go first? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, Let's well, go. First, first, you know, I'm not going to say names of the institutions and all that stuff, but I was enrolled in the school um, and I have respect for it. I'll say it. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'll no. say it after, guys. <laughs> um, I'll give you a clue. Credits at the end. <laughs> I'll give no, you a clue. No, no, real talk. Look, this was 2019, 2018. Okay. I'm obviously a brown skin girl in a master's brown program at a seminary school, at a seminary school, you know, honest to God, there was a couple classes where I was the only brown skin girl in the class. There wow. was Asians, there was some white girls, but I was the only brown skin girl. And let me tell you something. They had no idea what to do with me. I literally felt like if it was a, an alien dropped on a desk and they were just like, you know, like, I would be all they needed to do was just poke me like you know what I mean like it was just like what do we do with you you know and then like I remember I would share my stories and my upbringing and they were just like oh like really you went through that and I'm like yeah you know like and I feel like even though it's 2018 2019 we still I feel like we still have hundreds of years to catch up you know what I mean? Like, even though there's people like that's what I'm t- like they take Bible classes, hermeneutics, exegete. Oh, I don't even know how to say that one. But like, mm-hmm. exegete. What is it? Exegetical. Exegesis. Exegesis. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
like <laughs> they still like with women it was just like what are you doing here i swear mm-hmm. i felt that vibe from men studying the bible in a christian university like what wow. are you doing here yeah they don't know what to do mm-hmm. with you yeah. you know and then yeah. they're probably thinking yeah. like oh are you are you the pastor's wife and that's why you're here for him and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm like bro i'm here for me you know what i mean like but they didn't know what to do Tw- you know what's crazy 2018 um, when I was Crazy. probably, um, when my dad was at seminary, my dad went to Fuller and we grew up going as kids cause he was a student there. And I remember my mentor till this day when I, I was probably like 17, 18, I don't remember. I remember he told me, you're going to end up teaching here at Fuller. And I looked at him like, you're crazy. Like I told him no way, because <laughs> in my mind, I had never seen someone like me ever be in a space like that in Mm -hmm. a role where they're a professor a bible professor ministry professor nothing so i remember telling him no way there's no like i've never seen it done like never so i in my mind so i remember fast forward now you know he's the one like helping me in my process as i you know i'm working on my mdiv with the desire of getting my phd and becoming a professor he's the one that's like she's like really smart You're really what? smart. I love I this. That's what I'm telling you. This is my bread and butter. I love She's talking really about smart. this stuff. And I want to eat and, bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, like fast forward now that he's still my mentor. And, um, you know, I have these conversations with him. Um, he tells me like, where do you want to go? And I told him X, Y, and Z, that's cool. And he's like, he's Latino, right? So he's like, you should look at these other schools because not everyone's going to see what you carry and uh, and and invite that into our space so it goes back to what we were first talking about right i'm not gonna fight with these institutions that are going to be like well marcy sorry like we're just like you know show us in the bible why you should be here i'm not gonna go there so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna follow the favor and i'm gonna follow the door that is like yo marcy we want you here we value you here like the voice that you have and and it's it's interesting to see it as I work in an institution now in a higher institution now and and I and I can tell the value, but it's not like that across the across the uh, you know across the board. Right. Yeah. No. And 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 you say something really interesting. Like you say you said that no that not everybody's going to see what you carry, the gift that you carry, the gift that hmm. you are. And I feel like we get like, overshadowed by our dresses all the time. Wow. As soon as they see us as women or with our kids or be our husbands, oh, she's the wife. You know, I, uh, I always tell Jose, like, um, when Biden won the presidency and it said, you know, President Biden and then his wife covered the missus and said, doctor, I told Jose, I'm like, that's going to be us one day. Like Mr. Palos and Dr. Palos, because and and he's like, heck yeah babe like jose is with it like Mm -hmm. he's like yes because for him it's 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 an honor like it's not a fear to have a woman that's strong there's no insecurity there no he's he's like yes let's do this thing right yeah now that you're bringing that up like i feel like churches we pastors we need to do a better job on how we disciple men because if if there's a lot of men in these Christian institutions who don't know that a woman could be in a seminary because they're being called by God and are assuming that they're a pastor's wife, that means that there's some sense of insecurity there. 
There's some, yep. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I feel like that that comes down to discipleship. Um, mm-hmm. um, like it comes down to to a pe- uh, man not knowing who they are in God, being threatened by women who are powerful, by women yeah. who are holding positions of power. Yeah. Um, and you know what, Jeff? With that, like, because I'm speaking based on my experience, I was in the class, and honestly they didn't intimidate me. You know what I mean? Because mm. I could have been intimidated. What am I doing here? Yeah. They're yeah. staring at me because I'm a girl. What, you know, to me, it was more like, like, what are you looking at? Like, you know what I mean? Like I had yeah. that attitude. So I feel like that fuels me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't discourage me. Like, yeah, you're right. I should be at home yeah. making dinner. No, like, no. you know what I mean? I'm and gonna I show just, you. Like, yeah. Like, and I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of women that are discouraged by that, by the looks, mm. by the, you know, in a class of 30, you're only two, there's only two women. And I just mm-hmm. want to encourage whoever's listening, like show up to the class, show up to school, mm-hmm. show up, like show up. You know what I mean? Like yeah, um, I'm the change and stuff like that. But it's like, no, like I feel like the church has silenced women for so many years. And I feel like now that new generation of girls, we're speaking yep. up. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, now and I was no, huh? I was just going to say, like, going like, oh, the stuff just like I love. Ugh. No, like, Jeff, what you were talking, what you were talking about, the whole discipleship thing, you know, even like that message of, you know, when you seek your wife, seek someone who is meek and, you know, like quiet and blah, blah, blah. Submissive. Basic submissive. Like basically what they're saying is don't get a strong woman because you can't control her. That's wow. that's basically what you're communicating. But the truth is the truth. Again, God's truth. Right. The truth is that like it takes a strong, confident man to marry a strong, confident woman. Let me That's tell you, good. our husbands are no punks. Hmm. Like both yeah, of they're our really husbands, not. They're, they're <laughs> not punks. Like if you meet our husbands, like they carry their own weight. Yeah. But they also like are like they aren't intimidated with us carrying our own weight. And a lot of it comes from like the discipleship of man. Like you're a strong man. There's power in being married and coming together with a strong woman. Come on. Yeah. Cause That's... if God wouldn't want us to be like that, why did he make me with my temperamento? I look at it like God, whatever's in my DNA with my Salvadoran Guatemalan side, you made me a certain way. Why didn't you make me like meek and like calladita? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. that's cool. There's women like that. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, and I'm but, not like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the problem I see there, sorry, Larry, is mm-hmm. that. How do you see with what? Sorry. Okay. Cuidado. Is that the, the way both of you are talking about it? It's that meek is being used to describe women when. When we read it, it's not just for women. It's for men and women. Come on. There's big brothers out there, too. Trust me. <laughs> but but what I mean, like, I don't, like, if we're, if, if disciples of Jesus, which is all of us, are being called to meekness, it's not an option. Yeah. Not an option yeah. Because women or men. Yeah. It's, it's something yeah. that we're all called to. Yeah. And I think the problem is where pastors or leaders will say, like, like you mentioned, oh, look, for, look, for mm-hmm. a, look for a woman who's annoying, look for a mm-hmm. woman who's manipulate yeah. or, or even that word submissive, like yeah. it'll be used for, for women only. When we read in Ephesians, 
is submit to one another. Yes. Oh Come my on. God. You but, Jeff, do you know how many times people have told me that? Wives should be submissive to their husbands. And I don't know if you guys have seen that meme, like, okay, and then what, Linda? Like, I look at it like, <laughs> read a little bit, read a little yeah. bit more down, and it says to each other. Yep. But, but I feel like people are so basic sometimes that they just stop there. And yeah. it's like, no, there's way more. And I don't, Google answer. Yep. And I don't think it's, I don't think, I don't think it's that they're basic. I think they just don't want to keep reading. You so know, and it, and it comes. No, it's insecurity. No, think, it's insecurity. Yes. It's fear. And it's it's this oppressive. Uh, it, it's almost this. It, it comes down to men trying to play God and men trying to be over others. That's what it comes down to, because and you see it throughout history. You know, Jeff mentioned the whole slavery thing. It's it's this oppressive Christianity. And we're seeing it today with these. And it's. Not every conservative, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going to generalize, but many of the conservatives that I know personally have, have been, have been speaking ill about even going to school, like going to seminary because these seminaries are teaching these things and it's, it's so this progressive thing and all this that. Radicalizing people. Right. And I think, I think that that's, that's your way of masking how you really feel. You're insecure that there's these colored people getting educated, that these, that there's these women getting educated and they stepping into what God has called them to be and got caught, (laughs) what God has called them to do. You know what I'm saying? That Salvi, that Salvi energy's coming, coming out, Ebby. <laughs> embarrassing my sister. I'm <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think it 100% comes to that. And, and look, you gotta, you gotta get with the program because now, and here's the problem. Here's the problem that if you notice, a lot of people are leaving the church. A lot of people are leaving their faith and it comes down to be, it's because, They've they've probably been in their faith. They've probably been taught this this certain way, and it's like you can't do this, you can't do that. You got to go about this, you got to go about that. And now these people, these kids that have grown up in that in that type of Christianity, they're growing up and they're starting to ask questions. Now here comes now here comes the thing that I've realized because I feel like I see that with you, and I feel like I experienced that myself. That at sixteen I started asking questions. Questions. I started questioning that pastor that I'm telling you from Pasadena. I I started. He made me. He caused me to question God. El hermanito, el siervo. He made me. He made me question my faith. He made me question God. Like, is this really God? Like, you were asking him that. No, no, no. I, I was asking myself that. And it caused me to start doing my own research. At 16 years old, I was like, yo, I got like this. There's no way this is this can be God. The problem is not everybody takes that route. There's others that end up just, yo, if this is God, I want nothing to do with it. And but it's, I'm going to challenge you on something, Larry. Even go. those people, even those people, I believe that God's goodness is so yes. good. That even when they leave, God will find them wherever they are, because at the end of the day, they are his children. And if I know anything about the character of God, he does not dispose of his kids. He allows them, you know, that's one thing that I challenge like other pastors that I meet with. And I'm like, why are you afraid of these questions? Mm. Why are you afraid of the hot topics? Are right. you, do you, do you really think it scares God that much? Do you think God is, do you think God is afraid by the question these young people have? No, it's you who's afraid. Yep. 
And if so God is you. the true God, then he's above and beyond that. And and yeah. he will remain God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so that that is like when I feel like I live by that truth of like when I see people that I grew up with and walked away with the faith, I'm like, dude, God loves you, man. No matter yeah. how, wherever you go, no matter how dark that place is where you'll go, he'll find you yeah. because he loves you. Yeah. It's And it's not some cheesy thing. It's just the truth. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to, I, I want to mention something um, and it was somehow connected to what you were saying. And the reason why I think it's so important to talk about this and it's because, um, oh, exactly. Like you were talking about people leaving because of the way uh, uh, the truth is that leadership nowadays, we're in a leadership crisis um, from government mm-hmm. to churches. Uh, if, if the pandemic revealed anything, it's that we don't have good leadership across the board. Um, and I think that's why people... A.K.A. Are... the last president. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Trump. Just going... A.K.A. Um, and and all of y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Oh, no. And I, I feel like um, when, when it comes to people leaving the church because of that, you can't blame them. Like you're yep. not going to, if you sense people are not dumb, if people sense a leadership crisis, especially the young people that are coming up, um, they're going to, they're going to leave. They're going to bounce. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't blame them for leaving. But if you're a pastor or a leader, you need to take that seriously because I take seriously the role of, if you're a pastor, God has entrusted people for to your care. And if you're not caring for them well, like you're going to be held accountable for that that's one good. way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's why I think this topic of, of women in leadership is so important because it, it, when you look at the church, it's mostly composed of women. You, you go to Christian, it's insane. But like, for example, you go to some Christian universities, not necessarily seminaries. It, it's interesting, mm-hmm. not seminaries, but Christian universities, and it's mostly women. Um, it's mm-hmm. mostly women. Um, you look at, for example, the prison system. It's mostly men in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm trying to get at, at that is if if women are the ones compo- composing our congregations, then we need to make sure that the women that are under the care of different pastors, they need to be empowered. They need to be shepherd, shepherded or they need to be mm-hmm. pastored in a, in, a, in a faithful way. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to point that out based off. Of I should like, you know, um, I know this is not my podcast, but um, why if you guys as men put yourselves in in men's other men's shoes, it does it just come down to that, like insecurity for you to see a woman telling you what to do? Like, for example, I've I've led in our church and you know, like, or with Larry or, uh, yeah. you know, Andy and, you know, just obviously in a respectful way, but do you guys as men, like real talk, do you guys as men sometimes be like, mm. you know what I mean? Like that kind of mm-hmm. like this chick telling me what to do. Like, is it something already in you guys that you guys are like, you know what I mean? Like how, how does that, Wired like, that way? Guy? yeah. Let me answer this Larry. Cause I wanted to bring it up and, and I, and I'm really, um, happy you asked that question because I yeah. think it also has to do with your upbringing. Yes. I, yes. I was raised by powerful women as well. Yeah. Um, where I was getting bossed around, like 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here to serve them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting disciplined by women, you know? Um, and I think that without me knowing it unconsciously formed me. Yeah. In a way, mm-hmm. it, it's Good. insane, but I I didn't I didn't decide well I didn't start following Jesus until I was 17, 18. I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't know there was an issue with women in leadership until I started going to church. Wow. Outside of that, my teachers were women in school, in, in high school, in middle school. Um, again, like I said, the people who would discipline me at home, it was women. Um, but then you go into the church and you start hearing about, oh, yeah, that's not allowed. That's not allowed here. Um mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with that. Like, I didn't grow up in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to experience that firsthand. Like, my like for, my, my mom has always been a leader. She's always been the leader of my household. Yeah. Boss, yeah. Um, I love that. And and so I think that that kind of formed me in a way where I'm not afraid of, of yeah. like, seeming weak, I, which I don't think I seem weak if there's a powerful no. next to me. Um, but I'm not afraid of that. Like, I'm not afraid of being, um, on the, on the overshadowed or, or I'm not afraid if my significant other is making more than me or has more titles in me, because that's just, that's just what it, like, we're all called to different things. And what what I want to see is I want to see everyone just walk in their calling, whatever God is calling you to do, just walk in it. Um, so I I think it's that it's an upbringing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I want to touch on this. Sorry, Larry. Yeah, uh, no, go ahead. I, I think, I think, th- I think the three of us should answer this question yeah. just because it's a great question. <laughs> I'm not yeah, looking I, at you guys like. Mm. <laughs> I, I myself agree with you, Jeff, and it's. Um, I didn't have a. Most of my teachers were men, so I didn't have that like that aspect. But I grew up educating my sister, and she's grown up to be a powerful woman herself. So it's like. I, I helped her and I got it the way um, and I want her to be better than me. Like it's, it's not like I, I was pushing forward. I'm grinding, I'm doing the road so that she doesn't have to do the work and that she could surpass me and she could surpass everyone. That's, and that mentality of like calling people out that are stopping her, that is something that has helped, that has helped me realize like not everyone has that person. Mm-hmm. Um, because like people say, um, people are now saying, and I completely agree with this. It's not like, don't like, don't get angry at your daughter, educate your son. That's a hundred percent true. Like calling out your, your so-called friends calling out people like that are wrong and being okay with, I guess, uh, calling them out or like losing a friendship because of that. It's a hundred percent worth it. Um, it's a hundred percent worth losing that friend than losing um, like the bond you have with, with, well, for me, for, with my sister. Um, I need true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, look at me. She's in the, she's in a room, but um, she knows that. Like, and she knows that I like, mm. I push her um, to be better than me. And yeah. I think it, it does boil down to insecurity. I think it really yeah. does. Like Absolutely. you just not wanting to give up your quote unquote power. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it comes down to insecurity. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, for me, I, I grew up in the church, you know, I started going to church at like five years old. So, um, 
I think I think I didn't really notice it like to that a certain extent till later on when I realized what was going on. I I started seeing wait, you know, oh there isn't many women here. Like there's room, you know, like I mentioned this last week where like this church in Pasadena, you know, that like they would do like every every now and then they would do like a woman's service, right? <laughs> but that woman's service was not a woman preaching. It was it was maybe the pastor preaching a message for the woman and then the women did like a song or something or read a verse. That that was the woman's service, fam. Like yeah, you know how ridiculous the male that pastor advising the women. You know what I'm on saying? So, but I will say, um, I, I kind of relate with, with Jeff in this, where I think my mother, like from early on, like I think there was a, a moment in time where, where Pops was kind of leading spiritually the household. But for the most of my life, mm-hmm. my mother was a spiritual leader at home, He's you know, powerful. and not only that, but even at the church in Pasadena. To this day, my mom ain't even at that church anymore. And to this day, the people from that church will always contact her. She was like, she didn't say it. She wouldn't claim it and and none of that. But she was the one pastoring these people mm-hmm. like at this church. And mind you, it was a small church. Like it was like 20 people, like a 20, 25 people congregation. But these people never went. Nobody, none of us would ever trust the pastor and felt comfortable to go to the pastor with our needs, with, with, with guidance, with pastoring, with leadership, everybody would always go to my mother. So I saw, and I respected my mother as that leader that she was even within ministry, you know, and I saw it and I see it to this day. So there was that level of like, yo, this woman's got it. Like, there's no question this woman's got it, you know? And I see my sister. I got my sister, you know, who is, she don't play, man. Like, she is, she is a very confident and she will boldly say what she got to say, you know? And, and so I think, I will say that I don't think I've ever been in a place where I discredited a woman's, uh, ability or capacity to be able to lead what i do think i've fallen into has been has been like enjoying the privilege of being a man for a long time and not and not acknowledging the fact of that privilege you know and i think and this is the this is kind of it, it kind of goes back to the white privilege where like all these people are like i'm not i'm not racist and i don't you know what i don't have privilege in this and that well you do man like just embrace your privilege and help others from that privilege you know and it comes back to the same thing for us as men you know you and spe- specifically in the latino culture don't play you've had privilege you've grown up with privilege you know one of the privileges <laughs> that I had to be honest was, you know, when it came to chores at home, I rarely had to do, like, I probably just like threw out, like threw out the trash. Like that's the mm-hmm. most, like probably vacuum, but doing the dishes never really did the dishes. My sister, on the other hand, that's why your hands are so soft. Always, that's why my hands is like, you know, and, and look, <laughs> and we we're joking and all that, but it's, the but truth. it's not cool, man. Like I'm not like, you know, 
it, it it's the truth and and it's not cool and it's not okay but that's the culture you know my parents come from central america and this is the culture you know i remember my grand when my when my grandpa came the first time you know he came he was like he called me over to sit at the table and i was gonna go get plates i was about to serve him and all that and he was like hey c- come come sit with me you know a man never steps into the kitchen out <laughs> that as my grandpa that's my grandfather yeah. you know that was my grandfather that's what i was told as a child you know mm-hmm. and and that's the way he he lived you know what did i'm saying did that make you did that make you like yeah grandpa you're right or were you like there's something not right about this like how'd you even take that I, honestly yeah honestly as a kid i thought that was dope <laughs> you know <laughs> because think about it like i don't got to step into the kitchen you know, like, I'd be lying yeah. if I told you I felt that was wrong. Like, you know, as a kid, I'd, I never understood that. You know, I just thought, yo, that's dope. Like, for real, like, we like we men like that. We don't have to do that, you know. Um, but that's definitely not how, that's definitely not how I want to raise my children when, you know, when that yeah. time comes. Like, you know, and so I well, do think that I there was, was privilege. Yeah, go ahead. Larry, um, can I just add to what all of you three said? I love that you guys shared your stories. Um, I'm also married to a first-generation Mexican, very Mexican man. You know, my (laughs) Jose's family is from Guadalajara. You know, his grandpa wears a Tejana, like the whole situation, right? And so same thing, that culture of the women are the ones who serve, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think over the years, Jose and I have been married for 10 years. Um, we've learned that a lot of times we have to put the way we were raised to the side. Yeah. And as cheesy as it sounds, this is how we live our life. You know, a lot of times it's, we have to put to the side the way we were raised and ask ourselves, like at the end of the day, we're not representing our culture anymore. We're representing the culture of the kingdom. And Come what on. does that look like? Yep. And we, we constantly have that conversation of what does that look like? You know, because my father-in-law is super Mexican and all of this, you know, one of the first dates that me and Jose had when we were dating was he made dinner for me. You know, mm. he cooked dinner for me. And for me, that was like, I would have seen him. My my dad, my dad till this day, I don't even think he can make scrambled eggs. Like he he has no zero clue of what going what goes on in the kitchen. So when I saw my boyfriend at the time, who was now my husband, Mm -hmm. make me, I think he made me like lamb chops and like all this fancy stuff. Like Jose can get down in the kitchen. I see the man. Okay. To me, (laughs) to me, he made me feel like, man, like we're in this together. Like Mm. even with our kids, like we're in this together. You know, you wake up with them, I'll put them to sleep. You make dinner, I'll make breakfast. Like it's, it's not about like, you know, even I remember when we had our kids and there was like those like three in the morning feedings and like, you're just tired. And, you know, you meet my husband, six, one Mexican dude. He was up at 2 a.m. changing diapers, feeding the baby. Like for me, it was like, babe, like you are really like stepping up to what it means to be not what other people say our life should be. But like what him and I have created according to what we feel like God has called us to do. 
And so I feel like the default is, well, that's how I grew up. Well, Latinos, this is how we do it. The machismo, it, that stuff, all of that is true. But now because we're grown, we're Mm. grown. We have the ability to decide what our future is going to look like. Even with our girls, both Ebby and I have little girls. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Do you think our little girls are raised like they are going to be just moms? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Hell no. I'm not breeding a girl just to be a wife and a cook. You got that Mm -hmm. twisted. Even though, even though I have told my daughter Penny, baby, if that is the desire of your heart to just be a mom and be a wife, I will support you. But if your desire is to be a professional, Penny, wake up. Is to have your own life. My job isn't to fo- like mold her into what I think she should do or be, which is why I constantly, because I'm like, baby, like, you know, you can do this and that. And mm-hmm. I'm so blessed that my daughter gets to have these like badass women like around like my sister my mom my suegra like she's a she's dope like Mm. my sister-in-laws both Mm. of them like jose's um husband my jose's brother's wife and my brother's wife they're bosses like penny is just surrounded by these incredible women and so i feel super honored to be able to like for Penny to be like, man, I, I could literally do whatever I want. Like I could choose there. There is no ceiling for me. Like I could literally do what I want. And yeah. then on top of that, I have a son, right? It's not just, I have a daughter. I also have a son. That's true. And so yeah. my son is being raised by a strong mom, strong tias, right? Strong aunts, strong cousins, strong, you know, aunts, strong grandma, like all these strong women. I love when Enoch is like, like he embraces his masculinity, but also has the ability to feel sad, right? Because our culture doesn't give men the freedom to feel sad. He also has the freedom to feel his, his emotions if he's uh, upset, angry. And then he also loves to see Penny empowered. Like he gets so excited when Penny comes home with something exciting and he celebrates her. You know, like, I don't know, Penny got an award, for example, and he'll come home and be like, mom, Penny got an award. (laughs) Like, he never feels like, well, I didn't get, no, like, I feel like he, he is growing into that. And I I can't wait to meet the woman Enoch's going to marry. Like, I'm pretty sure she's going to be dope. Like, Mm. she's just going to be like this dope woman who's, you know, like, (laughs) because I mean, she's got, she's going to go through all of us. So I'm pretty sure she's going <laughs> to. <laughs> she better be dope. <laughs> she better be dope. <laughs> Man. So, yeah. Man, that's awesome. Go ahead, I Jeff. Know, I know we're going to start landing the plane, but yeah. I just wanted to mention this because I think you mentioned something really important, Marcy, about culture and looking at the kingdom of God, right? And, and looking at our own, uh, cultures our own ethnic cultures which um i don't i i would never want to fall into the trap of demonizing our cultures either right which because mm-hmm. there are yeah. really horrible things in our culture um, but there are also a lot of there's also a lot of wealth absolutely of wealth. Um, absolutely and and i think the way i'm able to and this is just to to let everybody know like this is how i process things to the two of the biggest tensions i see in scripture 
is life and death. Like from Genesis to Revelation, it's about life and death. Um, and so the way I'm able to, the way I kind of discern whether this is from the, like this is part of the kingdom, the reign of God, um, is, is what I'm about to do life-giving or is it death-dealing? Because if it's life-giving, then this is God, because God is the giver of life. God is life. But if it's yep. death-dealing, if it's oppressive, if it's going to lead to to brokenness and and whatever, that's not that's not the kingdom of God, because mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is life. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. I think it's this beautiful image of the kingdom of God and the culture that comes with it, but our own cultural wealth and, and, and like forming this big life-giving, like, culture you know that's good Mm -hmm. i love that i love i i think one of the things that i mourn um and i remember telling my dad this one time i said dad you know it makes me really sad that you like us being so latino so central american the religious culture took so much from me it took my ability to dance right because music like cumbia and salsa yeah. merengue, like that is part of the richness of our culture. And yeah. we were robbed of that because of the culture that we were in. And I tell him that it makes me really sad that so much of my culture was taken from me in the name of Jesus when it had nothing to do with it. And so I believe God can redeem anything. Like I feel like you know, I want to, you know, Penny, like she started asking about dancing folklorico. And I was mm. like, man, God, like, if that's what it means, like just watching my kids, like redeem that part of my culture, wow. like I'm with it, God, like, cause I believe that that is your character. Like what the enemy, cause you know, the enemy, yeah. he's not, he's not, he, he's not creative. He's yeah. going to take stuff that's already distorted and he's going to use it to his advantage, whatever. But I do believe that there is a, um, there is grace to be able to believe that he's going to restore so much that was lost. So much that was lost in our culture, I feel like our generation is going to take it back. So good. Like music, arts, mm-hmm. culture, you know, so many things that were taken from us in the name of Christianity. I, I and, and what you just said, um, Jeff, like, that is that is the absolute truth and i also think like i feel like i see in social media like sparks of women that are outspoken speaking up and i feel like just any type of revolution or anything that has happened throughout history there's people that like stand up you know Mm. for voting rights for all this stuff even in the bible there's certain people that stand up and then people follow so maybe there's girls that are not going to be the ones that are going to stand up but best believe they're going to be encouraged when they see someone else do it. Yep. They'll probably do it in a low key mm-hmm. way. They'll probably do it in their own, like, mm-hmm. you know, simpler way, but they'll stand up. They'll yep. stand up. Like, cause I remember there's times where like, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very bold and stuff like that, but certain things that I say, like women, like are taken aback, but then they're, you could tell they're kind of like motivated. Mm-hmm. Like for example, it's like the typical thing when you get married and you have kids, you're going to have a mom body. You know what I mean? And they like let themselves go. 
You know what I mean? And I'm one of them too, you know, but then when they see like a mom working out that she's a mom, she's a wife, she's, you know, she's a student, she's a, an employee, all that stuff that encourages them, Yeah. you know? So I feel like you guys as men, like when you guys see those sparks of women, like it's not to downplay them and be like, you know, girl, you're on something or you're doing too much. It's more, you guys need to encourage more of these conversations. That's good. You know what I mean? And I feel like that does say a lot if a man is insecure or not. Yeah. You know what I mean, cause I would rather have a man tell me like i don't think you should be leading because i'll ask him like why and then we could go go back and forth in a respectful dialogue yeah. you know what i mean so i just feel like there are girls like i'm telling you heidi there's girls i'm telling you there's girls that i know by name it's, it's not my generation the the ones coming you know what i mean like they're they're speaking up they're not yeah. like the dad mm-hmm. tells them like be quiet they're not gonna be like you know what i mean they're speaking up and those girls the worst thing for us to do is to look like, to tame them and just to be like, girl, you don't even know. It's worth the struggle. It's yeah. worth the fight. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Me and my sister growing up in a strict environment at the church. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do that? God knew that we weren't doing it with ill intentions because we just want to like, wow. Never. Yeah. Yeah. We genuinely wanted to know like, why? You know what I mean? And I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know if my dad carried that baggage and it's something that he would have to explain of the church you know he was a part of probably looked at him like you know what type of man would let his wife be on stage what type of man would let his wife his daughter well they called him cancer de la mission after, yeah by the way That's, i didn't want to say that but like much, <laughs> wow you know I mean? yeah so they it's just called like, him the, the cancer of the denomination mm-hmm. yep yeah and i'm like bro you're saying that to another to a man of god because he's doing things that are not, you know, the norm, you know what I mean? But that's why I give it up to my dad and I don't have nothing personally against him because I know what he did was an, an innocent, ignorant thing. He was was literally like that. That's all I know. And that's why Mm -hmm. I thank God that he had two girls, um, you know, first in the family because the way we were, we were just like, we're not going to get down like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I would also like add to mm-hmm. what Ebby said is I think now, you know, a lot of our conversations, I have, I still have coffee conversations with my dad till this day. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, dad, I want you to know that there were many times when I would speak up and you made me feel like I had no value or what I said had no value. So I yeah, still have has those conversations with my dad now. I have very hard conversations with my dad. And I tell them, you know why, dad? Because I believe that you can be a better leader. You can be a better pastor. Mm. You can be a better X, Y, and Z. You feel that if, if someone who you love and knows you, dad, you know, I have your best interest. I'm going to tell you the things in love, but in truth. And so I do have That's these good. conversations with my dad till this day. And he like constantly is like, wow, Miha, like, I didn't think about it that way. I didn't know, you know, mm. I'm, I'm sorry. Like it, it wasn't my intention to make you feel the way you did or whatever. And so in, 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 in that, in those conversations, I feel like there's so much like restoration happening and it's not like what our culture does. Right. Oh, we, we cover it with the Jesus smoke and then we throw it under the rug and nobody talks about it. That's what our culture does. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have these conversations with my dad and with my mom. 
and let them know, like, listen, this was painful for me. This mm. was hurtful for me. This made me feel like, you know, like my brother had more value than I did because he's a man. Right. This made me feel like the things that I said didn't have the weight that, you know, someone else did because they're wow. a man. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, I see I see hope. Um, it's been years of me having these conversations with my parents um, because I'm not their kid daughter anymore. You know, I'm a married grown ass woman. Come on. <laughs> and so I, I'm able to have, I, I have that equity with them. I have that, um, that, that relationship with them where they know, like, listen, like anything I say, one comes from the heart of God, because I know God and two comes from a place of restoration and love because I genuinely love you. I genuinely see you. And I believe the calling that God has on your life. Mm -hmm. And she's a middle child too. So she's wild. (laughs) That's so good, man. I, I, I just want to, I, I'm going to wrap it up and I just want to say, because you brought up some really great points right here at the end where I, I think, I think this is kind of the call to action type of thing. You know, what you said, Ebby, you know, uh, regarding us, man, like, and I, I would even go as far as like, you know, not only just like not being insecure and, and, and giving way, but like, I feel like, I feel like we have to be a part of making, making room of, of, of moving, moving aside and, and kind of, pushing and encouraging and and speaking up for and and all this like amplifying yes yes because and 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 dr king spoke about this regard you know regarding christians the biggest problem in 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 for for us christians is our silence many times like we feel like yo we can't we shouldn't say nothing i'm not gonna say anything about this so stay quiet i'm gonna just turn the other cheek yeah i'm just gonna pray Mm-hmm. And that's it. Where God, I feel like so many times, God's like, "Yo, why, like, don't come to me right now. Stop praying. Get, get, mm-hmm. stand up. Get off of your knees. I, I know, and go, go do something, yeah, right? And, and go do yeah. something. So I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel, I feel you, uh, Marcy, when you, when you say, you know, you're not gonna go up there and put up and and fight with somebody that you know just doesn't see it that way you know like and i i think i think you shouldn't have to i think i think we should have to i think us as men should start stepping up and start speaking up on this stuff and it goes back to this man like i i just sometimes i'm like yo how do we like how do we miss it like how how do you miss it where like it's like what Abby said. Like, yo, if you were if you were made a certain way, or you got this authority, you got this character, right? And let's get spiritual here for a second. You got that anointing, right? You've got that anointing to step in and lead. Like, who the heck am I to say you can't do it? Like, who who am I to say that? Like, we got to stop with that, man. Stop, you know, stop with that insecurity. Stop with that fear and embrace it and step into it and let you got to make a way. And you got to what Jeff said, man, amplify. I love that word. So that's the last thing I'm going to say. Ebby, 
Go ahead. I wanted, I wanted to say, like, I feel like me, this is in a very, very humble way. God knows I'm not that type of person. But I feel like my way of taking that role of leadership and all that stuff was probably activated like five years ago. Mm. Imagine if it would have been activated 15 years ago. Yeah. And that's what makes me, it breaks my heart. It does, but it motivates me and it encourages me that I know the next generation, they're not going to yes. wait till they're in their thirties to be activated. They're yep. activated now yep. in their teenage years. Yep. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, you know, yeah, just that. Like, and then also a thing that revolutionized my life and I will never be manipulated by scripture or what a man's going to tell me about scriptures. I took a hermeneutics class. Mm. That class forever changed my life because that took a verse and took it out of context and just dissected it, why it was said that. So I just want to encourage people that are listening, like, don't just read the Bible. Like, there's a saying mm. that Ben's like, don't read the Bible, read the Bible, like, really <laughs> understand it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't look yeah. at it like, oh, you know, women be submissive, like, really study what's the context behind yeah. it. You know what I mean? You be was, submissive to me. Just kidding. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, you know, because I feel like so many things could be saved, restored, yeah. you know, all this stuff could happen just by us really like not abusing something that God left to guide us. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've yeah. taken a guide and used it to our own benefit to deal with our insecurities are, you know, sometimes like pastors, they are leaders. They don't even like to answer because they don't even know the answer, but they act like they do. You know what I mean? And it's just like, no, you just don't know the answer. You don't know what to tell me. So I just feel like we need to have more conversations like this. You know, yeah. we need to have more like, um, and I encourage every single girl that I come across with, I will forever encourage them. I don't care if that makes me have a target on my back with all these spiritual people. I could care less about that. Come on. You know, I really don't care um, because I know my little girl's watching me and I don't want her to know that mommy's just good for three things. You know what I mean? Like, I swear, if my girl would tell me, mom, I want to be the president, I will do everything in my power for her to be that successful. I'm never going to limit her. But I feel like we had to go through that. Me and Marcy had to experience, we had to taste that. When you go to a restaurant and you taste nasty food, you're never going to go there. So I, I feel like we had to taste that. We had to taste machismo. We had to taste religiousness, legalistic stuff. We had to taste it in order for that to fuel us for us never to do that in our next generation. So I just, I think you guys should be having more conversations like that, which you guys are already doing that. So I give it up to you guys. And um, you know what I mean? Like, I would challenge you. I would challenge you. Look at your circles. What do your circles look like? Yeah. Do your professional circles look like they're all men? They're all Hispanic men. Mm. And I I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. You know, for me, I have friends that they're not my token Asian friend or token black friend. These have been my friends for years and years and years and years. Why? Because it's important for me That's to so have good. people that celebrate, that represent the kingdom of God and not in a weird way, but we're friends. Like, yeah. you know, like it's in, like, it's normal for like, even us being in little Reading where it's mostly 90% white. Hmm. It is normal for my kids to be in our house and we have Asian kids, black kids, white kids, Hispanic kids, because we are intentional 
about like bringing these people into our spaces. And so I would even encourage you listeners, like what, who are your friends? Do all your friends look like you? Are all your friends guys or women? Are all your friends girls? Are all your friends Hispanic? Are all what, like what, what are your circles look like? And be intentional about being like, dang. Like I remember when George Floyd was murdered on TV um, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I've been about this forever, but I know there's still more I can do. And I went into my kids' books and I remember looking at my kids' books and I realized, oh my gosh, all of my kids' books are white kids and animals. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, this is wrong. And that literally that day I went online and ordered all these books with all these different people, because even at that stage, yep. We can start forming them. We, I know it's funny, but it's the truth. It's true. Like we can start forming them. We can start giving them like the ability to, I asked Penny, like, I, I know who her friends are. Her friends are like different because it's important for us that, that um, the people that we're surrounded with, that's why I challenge you leaders that are on here listening, pastors, you know, all of the people on this platform, like take a step back and look at the people that surround you. Yeah. Do you have people that only think like you, even, mm-hmm. even, in, even in like in your views of God, do you only have people that think like you, or mm-hmm. do you have people who are going to stretch you and challenge you? It doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but that's part of, part of this journey, right? So it's good. like having people who have different views. Cause at the end of the day, like, man, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I always tell Jose, like, I feel like we're going to see like surprises in heaven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I Real believe quick, that. Larry, um, like, let's say if there's a dude listening and he's like, well, I'm not the outspoken type. I'm not the yada, yada. You could do the simplest thing. Next time you're at a family gathering, go serve yourself your plate. Trust mm-hmm. me, there's going to be, if you're Hispanic or something, there's probably going to be I'm... looking at you like, wait, what? Your well, wife what are you is doing. I've been to events that, like, I serve myself and I sit down, you know? And Ben has to serve himself. And I remember I've gotten comments and I know they're joking, but kind of in the indirect way. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I'm like, there's some truth in it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, he could serve himself. You know, he has two hands, two feet with respect, you know, but you're playing with me. I'm going to play with you, too. I feel like you could do those little things. Help your mom. You know, Mm. help your mom around the house. Like, Mm. mom, te lavo los trastes. And if she's like, no, no, do not, but then that's when you have those conversations with her. You never know. You're going to plant a seed for her to become like a brave, you know what I mean? To like all these things. So you, yeah. we could all do these little things, you know what I mean? Because in, in a, in a revolutionary, and if we want change, we all have to be all hands on deck. You know, you guys, men cannot be sitting back and just looking at the girls do the stuff. Cause we're going to get it done, mm. but just yeah. imagine how much more it'll be if you guys are on board with us too. And then we should be that way with you guys, too, because I know it's not fair, you know, but there's little things that we could do to show yeah. that type of equality and stuff like yeah. that, you know, like. Or people think it has to be this big, grandiose thing to change. Oh, well, I have to go to a march or I have to wear a yeah. feminist shirt or whatever. You don't have to do any of that. Yep. It literally starts like you can do, like Abby said, the smallest things, yeah. the smallest things make the biggest change. And that could be that could like. Man, I I felt I feel challenged because that that could be a cop out. Like me, me having these conversations could be a cop out. Like this could be the easy thing for me to do, 
but taking those small actions at home, taking those small actions. You step into that the kitchen, Terry. Right? I got to, <laughs> hold on, I'm about to go wash dishes right now. I'll see y'all later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to check yeah. your hands tomorrow. Well, <laughs> Look, even little things like this. I remember when Jose and I got married, he'd be like, because we never grew up with the dishwasher. I don't know what mm. it is with Latinos yeah. and the hate for the dishwasher. I don't believe in it. And I remember Jose was like, yes. He was like, babe, you're going to learn how to use the dishwasher. He gave me a tool that, that I to this day it changed my life. <laughs> so that I, I would even challenge you. Go, go challenge your mom and be like, mom, ¿sabe usar usted la máquina de lavar? Sí. Show her. <laughs> that lady, that lady, that lady loves the art of, of washing dishes. <laughs> All of our it's moms art. do. <laughs> yeah. all of our moms anyway yeah yeah man. awesome man thank you so much for joining us uh and we're, we're gonna have to have you back because i i feel like we could have kept going we we could go into other <laughs> topics and all that um but thank you for, for joining us thank you for just uh pouring into us and into our listeners and and just you know leading by example and just leading the way and and being as bold as you as you both are um you know it's it's inspiring it's influential it's impactful um not only for us but for for the communities for 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 our people man the people that that are are seeing this for the barrio you know what i'm saying like y'all being bold for the barrio this is what we're about so thank you guys for joining us thank you for listening this is the bold barrio podcast